0: Welcome to the Northern Grower podcast. My name is Erin and I am a gardener, grower, teacher and homesteader here in Northern Alberta, Canada. And I garden in Zone 3 and this podcast is a place to share tips, tricks and all around interesting information on gardening and homesteading with a focus on northern climates. But all types of gardeners from all sorts of places and all stages of their gardening journey are welcome here. Thank you for joining me. I also do want to just do a huge shout out and thank you to listeners of the show who do reach out to me and connect and share their knowledge and understandings and what has worked for them in their gardens this year. And they will also share stories with me on Instagram or through social media about their gardens and how they're progressing. So it's always really joyful for me to connect with them and to see people enjoying their gardening spaces. It is also pretty serendipitous that for today's episode, I am drinking a cup of raspberry leaf tea. And that's because I'm going to be discussing the true hearty and wonderful perennial that is the raspberry. We will look at its history, folklore, and growing it today, what that looks like. I do want to start by saying I have raspberries growing in my garden, and it is an exceptionally low-maintenance plant for us. It also grows wild here in abundance in Zone 3. So as always, provided you are confident in what you are looking for, forage away if you can find some. We all, we do typically go foraging for uh, raspberries and many other berries every year. and like I said, as long as you understand what it is you're looking for and you are confident in identifying, it is a really great way to supplement your your harvest and your stocks. I do also want to say this though, do be wary of over foraging as well okay we typically take small amount from a patch move on and kind of spread your foraging out don't definitely don't go and pick all of the raspberries from one bush and call it a day you want to spread your foraging out because you do share those wild raspberries with wildlife and in particular this year with uh here um especially in bc saskatchewan there are many many wildfires, there's been droughts. um, And quite frankly, you know, I had an interesting discussion with a friend that wildlife is kind of pushed this year in terms of, you know, land and food that will be available to them. And so typically I go foraging every year. um, But we have decided to forego some foraging this year and leave what is available for wildlife what for wildlife because they are probably feeling uh you know there's quite a lot of constraint on the environment right now and fruit i believe it's been a tough year for fruit i was reading it's quite a low producing year for saskatoons i'm not sure on the wild raspberry situation yet Um, I haven't looked. It's a little early in the season here for them. They're typically uh, ready in August. But I know Saskatoons are a little bit in short supply here. And I actually, you know, my friend, and I've seen this around as well in social media making the rounds. uh, It's kind of been almost recommended to not go out and forage this year because the the wild stuff is in short supply. And you know, be encouraged to leave that for wildlife. Whereas I can also uh, around me, there are lots of really, really great um, small scale regenerative farms, or, um, you know, really great small businesses that do practice you picks and that type of thing. And it might be a great year to go out and support your local farmer, or your local you pick and get some local farm grown uh, fruit this year. But we do also have our plant, um, and it does give us some raspberries as well that way. So raspberries have so many uses. So we use our raspberry when we get our raspberry harvest. We dry and store the leaves as part of our tea and apothecary shelf. So I do use the leaves for tea making. And the fruit itself, we eat raw, and we also freeze for use throughout the winter and spring months. Frozen fruit is great to just thaw and eat, um, make in smoothies, using in recipes later, and we typically can up some raspberry rhubarb jam, which I actually still have quite some left on our shelf from last year, so I don't think I'm going to can up any this year. But before we get into growing raspberries in the modern garden, let's just first take a look at the history and some lore surrounding the raspberry. So the raspberry is a perennial plant of which there are many, many different species. But when it comes to growing, you do have some choice in what the fruit will look like and um, pick appropriately for your hardiness zone. It's hardy from zones three to nine. So there are many different species. And if you want to look into purchasing raspberries, definitely think about your hardiness zone and what you want from the fruit and pick appropriately from there typically here um, in North America, we have the American red raspberry, it's commonly found. And there's also the really common kind of European raspberry. And it was, um, I believe the European raspberry was introduced into America. And the American red raspberry is very, very close and very closely related to the European red raspberry. There's not Overly much distinction between those two, and so it's likely very recently they shared a common ancestor at one point. And raspberries have pretty much been a part of the human diet for, a, well, forever, for a very long time. There's some evidence um, from analyzing early caves where humans dwelled and lived that raspberries were part of the diet. And even during the um, times of the Roman Romans in Europe, there is evidence that Romans did also consume and eat raspberries as well. If you want to look back at the name of the raspberries, the Latin name of the commonly found European red raspberry is Rubius Ideus, which literally translates as the bramble bush of Ida. This is does stem from Greek mythology where the gods of Olympia enjoyed the raspberry on Mount Ida and according to the mythology the berries were originally white and it was the infant Zeus's wet nurse that was going out on the mountain picking raspberries and pricked her finger on them and that is when they became stained red from her blood. So that's quite an interesting historical background and, you know, even stemming from Greek mythology, that shows just how long they have really been a part of human culture. Looking at other historical uses of the plant, and probably many of these are still, I'm going to argue, they're very, in fact, I don't need to argue, they're very much uh, still contemporary uses as well. We're going to look at the leaf of the plant the raspberry leaf. So the raspberry leaf is a commonly used herb and it's generally used as a tea. You can still see, even if you go to, um, you don't even have to really venture into health stores in my area. I see this um, in just like the tea section in a regular supermarket, but you can still find uh, raspberry leaf tea in the tea section and it does make for quite a pleasant tea. It tastes like just your regular black tea so I'm definitely trying to bulk up I like black tea I'm British Um, so I am trying to but I don't grow black tea and I'm trying to reduce my consumption of imported tea just personally for myself and so I've been trying to go out and harvest a lot of raspberry leaves as well so I can bulk up uh, my own herbal tea shelf So, it does taste like the common black tea, and I actually drank a lot of this tea in the last trimester of my pregnancy as it has been used since ancient times to it supposedly readies the womb for labor. And this is because it's been touted to strengthen the uterine walls and could possibly aid in inducing labor. So indigenous cultures and ancient cultures have used this drink for pregnant women uh, for a long time. And it is still, it's still, uh, I know midwives, I was reading, midwives will still uh, recommend this as uh, tea for pregnant women to drink, to ready them for for labor and birth. Um, But as always, I did consult my OBGYN if you are thinking of using it. And They're kind of a, my OBGYN was kind of a relaxed, holistic OBGYN, and for me, they said, yep, go ahead, it's fine. Um, The science is quite inconclusive on raspberry leaf tea, whether it does help during pregnancy, um, whether it doesn't, and so in my case they were like there's gonna be no harm go right ahead and drink it but as always if you are thinking of using it and drinking in a pregnancy please consult your birth team first it may not be the best choice for you just wanted to put that disclaimer in there um it is known also so it is known as a woman's herb or a woman's tea because it also supposedly um can help reduce discomfort from menstrual menstrual cramps as well. So that's just another tidbit of information there. It can also, uh, it's basically been used a lot throughout history as like a tea to aid in women's health and uh, women's ailments, basically. Furthermore, it is thought to be beneficial as a general tea as part of a well-rounded balanced diet as the leaves are chock full of vitamin A, C, and E. And they're also full of magnesium, potassium, and calcium. So uh, as part of a general balanced diet, it is thought to be just a overall useful tea to add in there. Now, as a fun fact, although... Uh, it ha- well, has been used across Europe and indigenous American cultures. The tea grew in popularity among colonial settlers of America when the tea tax was imposed in 70- 1773 by the English government on America. And so they had to pay a tax on the imported tea. And so colonizers then switched to drinking raspberry leaf teas more as an alternative, because like I said, they have a very similar taste to that black tea. And so apparently it gained a lot of popularity just as a general drinking tea um, around this time, because it was readily and widely available. And of course, they didn't have to pay that tea tax. Now, moving on to the fruit, the fruit is made up of many, many tiny fruits. So that one typical raspberry you find. Each of those little spheres or beads on the raspberry is a tiny fruit which contains a seed that is all clustered around the core and they're they're called druplets. Each little individual one is druplets and they produce a vibrant red stain. I'm sure if you've ever eaten raspberries you've crushed them, you've touched them, you get really vibrant red dye over your hands and so the red stain from raspberries was frequently used as a dye in artwork throughout the Middle Ages. And of course, the fruit is nutritious and can be used in an absolute abundance of recipes. So, here are some growing tips if you do wish to begin cultivating raspberries in your gardening space or food forest. There may be some tips here, like I said, I'm kind of going more um, for those. Colder climates, so if you're in a warmer climate, you may, or even a colder climate, you may want to just look at what types may work while well in your area. Consult your local greenhouse or store, and they'll probably be able to give you really good tips as well. But my general tips on what we do here um, we find them very hardy, very easy to grow. Uh, the roots are perennial, but and when you put that plant in, so it is perennial. In the sense the roots will be perennial it'll come back uh year after year but just be aware that typically they do not produce fruit um cannot produce fruit for the first few years so we planted our raspberries we have one row of raspberries in our garden and they started producing fruit in the third year so just be something to aware you might purchase that raspberry but it could be the th- third year a few years before it produces fruit as it is perennial um, just make sure you tend to the planting site the year before planting you know if you're planning to go out and get a raspberry next year you've decided that's what you're going to do then this would be a good uh, time to just Pick your planting site, fill it full of compost. Generally, raspberries really like that loamy soil. They like a high amount of organic matter. So prep that planting site. And um, so like I said, we have one row of raspberries and we planted each plant about 75 centimeters apart but generally, they can be spaced 60 to 100 centimeters apart. They, they can grow quite big and they send off suckers and canes. So they do need a little bit of space if you're planting multiple plants. And when you are planting, you're getting that stock. You want to keep the roots moist. And once they're in the soil, water right away. So keep that soil um, well watered, keep it moist. And raspberries do have pretty shallow root systems. So you do actually want to, once they're growing and they're happy growing, you do actually want to water them pretty frequently as well. So they do like a lot of water. They're thirsty plants. Um, so the plant itself, those roots are perennial, but the plant produces canes or suckers that are biennial. So the kind of life cycle of those in the first year, they are new canes, it's new growth, and there is no fruit. It's just the new growth of the cane and then it goes dormant over winter. And then the second year it will bear fruit and then it will die. So we do leave, when they die, we do leave uh, those old dead canes on over winter. Um, They provide a bit of cover for for the raspberry as well. And then you can just go right ahead and remove them in the spring. Raspberries, uh, in the winter, actually, for some care, you can mound, especially like fruit trees, fruits, you can also mound um, snow up around them a bit to just provide a bit of cover and insulation. Uh, We haven't done that with our raspberries, I will admit. But they have, uh, we do it with our fruit trees, but our raspberries have managed to survive fairly well without us having to uh, like insulate and mound up snow, but that may work as an option for you. And raspberries do like the full sun. They will produce more fruit, but it isn't super necessary. So if all you can do is find a partially shaded spot, that will work fine. Not full shade, but partial shade. Um, but like I said, that you will get more yields if you do have a full sun spot. But they are pretty low maintenance generally and I find our raspberry pretty much takes care of itself. They have so many uses and I really just enjoy our raspberry brushes and of course the leaf harvest and the fruit they bring. So I hope you enjoyed this podcast and thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you do want to connect with me further you can find me on uh, Instagram at the underscore northern underscore grower. You can also email at the northern grower podcast at gmail.com. And on our homestead here, we do produce some seeds for sale. So you can check that out at greenwichseed.ca. Or you can search up the Green, Green Seed Co. on Etsy. So thanks again for listening. I really hope your gardening season is going well and take care.